did not, however, have photographs and it did not have an intraoral scan. So without images like that, we cannot really begin to educate. So I said, listen, while I'm reviewing the notes previous to this, please ask Quincy to take some photographs. I would like some intraoral photographs of the whole mouth and we're going to have them up on the screen when I come in the room. Welcome to the Truth About Dentistry podcast. I am Dr. Peggy Bound, a successful solo dental practice owner in St. John, New Brunswick. After years of figuring out how I wanted to practice, I now run a fully digital clinic providing my own brand of dentistry on my own terms. It wasn't easy and I'm still learning, but I know I have so much knowledge to share. This podcast is created to help inspire young dentists or anyone looking to transition to a more digital practice. I aim to give you actionable step-by-step strategies to help you navigate the modern dentistry landscape. If you're looking to become more digital, improve your skills, or even have a more profitable practice, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back. It is so good to be here it's been a few weeks. This summer's been a little harder on me. I'm taking more vacation and frankly, I think I needed a little break. I'm not sure about you. I hope you are all having a wonderful summer so far. I think all of us at some point in time, we have to realize we have to put the brakes on and that just does us good. So I hope you will experience um, a refreshed Peggy <laughs> And I can really bring you some great content. I've got some great ideas for the next few episodes. And, you know, like I said, anytime you have any ideas or you have any questions, please give me a shout on my Instagram at drpeggybound or the modern dentist. Today, I want to talk to you about a scenario. Again, I, I do like these sort of consult scenarios because there's so much that can be learned and one of the things I'm doing is sometimes I'll record myself with a patient so that my associate can really learn how to manage that patient if she has a patient like that in the future. I think a lot of times in dental school or in you know just early in our career one of the biggest challenges is to communicate well with patients and really get them on side get them to see things how you see it so that they can realize that ultimately some of the re or the main reasons they are having these issues um, even if something you do for them fails is because of the challenges or the compromised situation of their own health and we do see a lot of people who are missing multiple teeth or having several you know recurrent problems with their mouth tend to also be, and it's not always the case, but tend to also be not always the greatest with their total health. And so that, you know, not taking care of their physical whole health, and then that sort of trickles down to the, to the mouth. Um, those are the very patients that can get disgruntled, that can be a little bit more frustrated and say, well, you know, like dentistry hates me. I don't do well with dentists. Everything I get done kind of ends up falling or falling out or failing. And really it takes time for us as dentists to step back and just really explain to the patient, like get to know them, understand their medical history and really decide um, with the patient what the next step should be that really suits that patient's, you know, lifestyle and the habits that they currently have or that they want to have and help them understand that the real problem lies in sort of a 
chronic list of, of you know, general health and oral health issues that you can't solve in a day. You know, they come in to see you on emergency with that broken front tooth. And if, yes, of course, we're busy. We're just like, okay, we're going to fix it up and we're going to let them go. But without taking the time to explain to them exactly, and, and like I said, it's not always possible, but in this case, I'm going to share with you, I did do that. Uh, when you do take the time to step back, then if something happens to that restoration or things don't go well with their healing, they're much better, more likely to understand that it is on them. And you're less likely to get that call saying, you know, Mr. So-and-so is unhappy because, you know, you've put that filling in and now it's just fallen out. So I do want to go into a case that we recently had very much like that. And it's so interesting because he did come to see my associate first and like a good dentist, you know, she got him in on emergency and she started fixing things, right? Like we do, we all do that. It's our tendency to jump in and help. But with this particular case and with many cases, we're seeing, you know, general health care, general, general health not be great in today's society. We've got to spend more time doing counseling. We've got to spend more time educating. And so by the time he ended up in my chair, he was unhappy. He felt that uh, it was something we were doing wrong and I had to put out that fire, but I also had to, to lean him into understanding that it was really on him. And how I was going to do this, my assistant says, okay, Peggy, you're on stage, you're, you're up. Because I didn't know at first what I was going to say, but I didn't even know the background. And so I started to ask a lot of questions, which I'll show you or share with you how I did that and kind of guide him into his own answers. So that's what we're going to do. The first thing I want to say is understanding our patient and having our patients educated is really an invaluable thing we can do to save the entire staff, including, I don't like using the word staff, to save the entire team from having to deal with, you know, an unhappy patient. They can be rude. They can call the front desk. They can be rude to the assistant and then they're not rude to us. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but sometimes assistants will get it. Uh, they'll have a rude, they'll say the patient was so rude. And then I walk in the room and the patient's sort of fine. This was probably a bit of that case. He was very nice to me and we're going to just name him for the sake of confidentiality. We're just going to name him Bill. And so Bill and his wife came in sort of on the defense you know they were looking for answers and she came with him because in the past he had come by himself and now this filling had fallen out on his front tooth uh, and he just got it done um, and he was just frustrated and he was of compromised um, health and so I think her being much you know more healthy and you know wanting to kind of hear it from our side she came with him and that my friend was gold <laughs> The fact that she came with him, the fact that a family member can come to and understand when I go into my educational process or my consult where I, you know, I really get to know the patient and the family member gets to see how much effort I'm putting into trying to understand the situation and trying to be reasonable. That goes a long way because then when they go home, there's no one to complain to. So, you know, if they can get a family member to come in, that's fine because you're going to do your job because you know 
oral health, you know physical health better than most patients. So you're going to have a much more likelihood of success for long-term retention of that patient if you have a family member on side and if you have them with you. So so Bill brought his wife and uh, my assistant came to me and she said, you know, he's called the front desk. He was quite upset. We want you to see him because, you know, your our associate uh, saw him and then she, you know, she she wouldn't there was nothing she did she did tell him that the filling might not last so it wasn't that uh, my associate was not up front with the patient that the filling might not last but what was lacking and we discussed this later it's a great teaching moment is that the patient didn't understand why it might not last like it's okay to say to a patient you know I'm gonna do this but it might not last but unless they truly truly and and sometimes it means not just saying it to them more than like sorry saying it to them once it takes photographs it takes maybe some like real engagement using an internal scanner or something of that sort so that there's a true understanding of why it may not last and that was also the thing he probably remembered that it wouldn't last he didn't think it would only not last for only a few weeks first of all secondly he didn't no one thinks it's going to happen to them and thirdly he didn't understand why and when I finally saw him I was like whoa of course this didn't last this is a nightmare like this mouth was not in good shape and I you know personally would have put the brakes on it I would have perhaps repaired it that day but my God, um, it would almost have been pointless without really getting an idea as to what, um, you know, what his understanding was. So like I said, he had been rude to the, you know, they felt uh, unhappy with the reception. Then he got in the room with my, my assistant and she is, you know, she can pretty much handle anybody. She can cheer people up. She's really great um, at promoting me and the whole team. And even when she came to me, she said, Peggy, I don't know. She said, I don't know what you're going to say because they're, they're, you know, his wife's in there. And sort of that gets sometimes having a, a spouse or a family member in actually gets the backup of the team members. Sometimes team members feel intimidated by that. But I personally don't. I think it's good to have a family member in there. And I want everybody to understand. So I basically had to say, you know, look, Patricia, don't worry. Um, let's let's look at things so I had a chance to look at the case before I went in the room that's always important I'm sure you probably do that I did also say because I, I knew some of the situation which was you know multiple medical history issues plus I had the x-rays from previous appointment I did not however have photographs and I did not have an intro scan so without images like that we cannot really begin to educate so I said listen while I'm reviewing the notes previous to this, please ask Quincy to take some photographs. I would like some intro photographs of the whole mouth and we're going to have them up on the screen when I come in the room. So that's what she did. She had them up on the screen. Um, they're beautiful images. And of course, in my clinic, we have screens above the patient and behind the patient. And, you know, with that, there's really no denying what's really going on, especially in a mouth like this. And I'm going to paint the picture of the mouth for you. So this patient had probably only about six teeth left on the upper, maybe not even six, heavily restored, plaque everywhere, periodontal disease, lower teeth, missing, oh, and missing posterior, upper and lower posterior teeth. And on the lower, some of the lower, maybe like lower, what I call four to four premolar to premolar was pretty good, 
but um, there was still a lot of periodontal disease. Now, the bite itself, of course, was riding heavy on the very front teeth, the very front tooth that she had to fix. With no posterior support, the patient had, um, has a gag reflex, so he was is not able to wear a partial of any kind, and so his chewing, all his function goes on these front teeth with, a, with an overbite. Now, let's get into his medical history, but you can see right away I'm going, okay, I'm going to have to have a discussion about, you know, we're expecting a few teeth in the mouth to take care of all the work, uh, to do all the work of what many teeth would normally be doing in a healthy dentition. And the photos will really show that. In fact, it'll also show, you know, yucky gums, red gums, plaque everywhere, things like that. So it was so great because we were able to get someone to take these photos before I came in the room. Now I come in the room and I at first want to build a relationship with, um, the wife and the patient. And so I am not going to have my patient lying back. My assistant knows better. My patient would never be lying back for me for the first time I meet a patient. So the patient's sitting up. You can't have a conversation. If someone, if, you know, if there's a, if there's a disagreement between two parties, does it feel comfortable from a um, body language standpoint to have, you know, one of the parties laying on the back? I mean, we'd never do that, right? So, Having both parties, everyone sitting up and me not standing over the patient, me sitting with the patient. So I'm sitting, everyone's at eye level. So the, his wife is sitting at the, you know, the side chair, the, the guest chair. He's sitting in the dental chair, sitting up and I'm sitting in my doctor's chair and we're kind of forming a bit of a triangle and I am getting to know them. So of course, the first, one of the first things I do, we've talked about this before, is just sort of, you know, hi guys, you know, I'm, you know, introduce who I am and say, look, I really want to um, help you today. I don't get defensive. I don't jump into why things are failing or anything like that. I really just wanted my, um, my presence to be very friendly and very open. And like I said, the last thing you want is a defensive uh, dentist. They're expecting you to be defensive. So you got to kind of surprise them. So that would be the first thing I would, you know, I do. And then I start to ask questions and I get really curious and I already have the patient's medical history recorded, right? Remember I've, or mentally recorded, I guess. Um, and I'm going to go through with you right now what some of the medical history is and what I kind of said to the patient. So we know he has a gag reflex. We know he's missing multiple teeth. I, you know, I do say, I said, look, like, how is it you lost these teeth? You know, what happened in your childhood? Was there, was there, you know, did you have not good dental care when you were younger? Did you have, you know, were you drinking a lot of high sugary drinks and things like that? So, you know, just getting to know them and asking questions and let them do the talking. I can't stress enough how important that is. Now, one of the first things that came up, and I think is the biggest, one of the biggest factors, although he has many, in his health, is diabetes. And he completely was upfront about the fact that it's uncontrolled. And we know that the oral manifestations of uncontrolled diabetes can include, but are not limited to, uh, xerostomia, um, burning sensation in the mouth, uh, impaired or delayed wound healing, uh, and an increase severity and really incidence of, you know, infections could be gum tooth, um, 
all those things. There can also be, you know, certainly more um, difficult to control uh, gingivitis and periodontitis. I know from the photos that were taken, he had generalized periodontitis, uh, to put it, you know, to explain it uh, simply. But he was not aware of this, okay? So he had been receiving dental care um, from another dentist in another town because a lot of my patients do come from away. And he was receiving dental care in another town and he had no idea he had periodontal disease. And, you know, he, he thought it was just normal just to go to the dentist, get a few fillings. Sometimes things, you know, you lost a tooth, it was just normal. No one had ever taken the time to explain things to him. So with the uncontrolled diabetes, you know, I then started asking him about his you know, what, what he did to control it. Were there, were there some things that he think he thinks he could do? And then I explained how uh, uncontrolled diabetes can really wreck your mouth. And so, you know, he, he admitted he had uncontrolled diabetes. We can link in very simple terms, the fact that he had oral health concerns. Uh, he had cavities, he had gingivitis, periodontitis. And now you know, it's up to him to get his diabetes under control in order, in order for us to ever really help him uh, long term. And it had done so much damage that, you know, I was really kind of upfront about how I, I didn't know how long, not only the fillings that could not last on the upper teeth, but how long the remaining upper teeth could last. And I said, look, this is, and I asked him, I said, did you realize like that connection? Do you realize that? And of course the answer is no, and no one's ever taken the time to explain that to him. So that was the very first thing. The next thing that he had as a um, oral, uh, sorry, a medical history problem or potential problem was uh, hemophilia. Now we know that of course this is a, um, you know, bleeding disorder. We can have more bleeding and less like just more tendency to get, um, to have problems. I don't think he was a severe, he, he said it was mild. So I don't know exactly what that means. I'm not his medical doctor, but I do want it. I did want him to know that, you know, the fact that his gums bleed a lot, which kind of sometimes would cause him to stop brushing or, you know, kind of thinking that that was bad. Um, I did get him to like encourage him to consult with a doctor to like kind of make sure he knew and that how important it would be going forward for his oral hygiene to be really top notch. Um, and, and that was because that from both the diabetes standpoint and from the, uh, hemophilia standpoint, the next thing that he had and you could tell, I mean, I could tell by the mouth, by the, the, the throat, and then just the history of snoring, and he was constantly tired, uh, is that he has sleep apnea. And, you know, we know that patients who have sleep apnea are often sleeping with their mouth open, which one of the biggest things is dry mouth. And, you know, I don't have to tell you, dry mouth is killer. And we've got, so we've got diabetes, we've got, um, uncontrolled diabetes, we got hemophilia, and now we have this dry mouth along with acid reflux. So he actually had quite a bit of uh, GERD. He was taking medication for it when he was still getting it. There was a lot of erosion in the teeth. Again, no one's ever explained to him the link between um, acid reflux, GERD, and his oral condition. So he just thought his teeth were breaking, his fillings were falling out because that's just what they do, or maybe the dentist is not that good. 
So we've got sleep apnea now with acid reflux. And with that, of course, the symptoms including, um, you know, just sensitive teeth, generalized irritation and demineralization of the enamel. I've had patients with total erosion of the lower teeth. And again, this is not helpful. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to say that he had that we discovered is he has a history of osteoarthritis. He's had osteoarthritis since he was a young um, child. And a recent study, um, according to, it looks like results published by the Arthritis Care and Research in November of 2020 showed that severe periodontitis was found to be significantly associated with osteoarthritis in middle-aged and older individuals with what? Type 2 diabetes, which is what he had. So, I mean, there's just no winning here. Wouldn't matter what kind of filling I put in this patient's mouth. And on top of that is oral hygiene. You know, he doesn't brush a whole lot. He doesn't take care of his teeth like he should. There was dry plaque basically in his mouth, on his teeth. We can't win. We cannot touch these patients if they're not understanding what's going on. Now, what really helped, like I said, was that I had his wife there. And as I was saying each thing and I was finding something linked to the oral con or to the health condition, like erosion or like, um, you know, just the periodontitis, things like that, I was able to show them both with the photograph and their eyes were open. They were engaged. They were really also, I'm going to tell you, very, very appreciative. No one had taken the time, including my associate. And again, just not something that gets, that gets really taught um, in dental school. But over the years, I've learned really patient management of patient expectations and management of the patient's um, just understanding is just as crucial as the good dentistry you're going to do. It's just, we cannot, um, can't stress it enough. And it's one of the real reasons why we lose patients, why we, um, we have bad Google reviews, because we did not take the time to communicate in a way that made sense to the patient. Now, maybe in your mind, you did communicate. You're like, well, I told them it was going to fall out, or I told them that it wouldn't last. That is not educating them. That is not explaining it. So we need to really have these conversations, getting to know them, but visually showing our patients their problems and linking it to their oral health or, and their total health. So, you know, through that process, we can then set the expectations of how long treatment might last or what fees and will look like in the future. And when we're suggesting a treatment plan, why we're suggesting that treatment plan and without complying to that treatment plan, what that's going to mean for that patient. If he was told, like, listen, there might not be much point in us doing this. There's a lot of other things going on here. We would like you to, uh, we, we will definitely put something there right now, but we want you to know that based on all the things we see here, it's, it's just not going to hold up. Then you give the patient the choice whether or not they want to spend their money. If they said, look, if it's not going to last, then what else, what are my options? Then we can get into, you know, other options. And in this case with this patient, I did, um, give him better long-term options. And it was great because like I said, luckily, first of all, I had the time. They, 
team knew that it was going to be a discussion because they know how I operate. And so they didn't book me, you know, with a filling next door. You can't be doing this when you're trying to do restorative next door. You're trying to do three hygiene checks. I had the time and I was able to say, okay, look, look, here's what I see is good. I see teeth that on the lower arch, lower jaw, we can save. We would like to get control of your diabetes. We've got to work on that. We've got to work on your uh, gastroesophageal reflux uh, disease. We've got to, we want to help you. Okay. I want, I believe those teeth, you're not going to have to lose those teeth anytime soon. On the upper teeth, however, I don't see a lot of hope and I'm going to be perfectly honest about that. I want you to consider a different treatment option long-term. However, nothing can really be done unless, again, your physical health, your general health is in is in check or at least stable. So again, we're kind of putting the onus back on the patient. That patient's not going to come back and be upset with me if anything else breaks, if anything else goes wrong, because they know that it's on them. Now, he, I, I hope he, he was booked um, right after that appointment to see my hygienist, who's also very excellent in education and empathetic, I call empathetic care, you know, really giving him positive reinforcement and keeping him under his wing um, very closely in the beginning. To keep these patients motivated, this is the kind of things we need to do. But it wasn't for him to have to try to explain all that. It was on me. And I did only charge, and we think about what we would charge for this type of appointment. I did only charge for um, a consult. Didn't charge for the photos. I just charged for, because he had come in and he had had fillings. And he, you know, with my associate, which he paid for gladly, and now they weren't there. <laughs> so I wasn't going to, and oh, I did actually, by the way, I did clean the tooth and I did put the filling back. Again, I'm on vacation. I'm not sure uh, if it's still there, but I wanted to go above and beyond his expectations. So I not only fixed the tooth, he got a great consult. And the only thing he got charged for was my time to educate him, which I almost wouldn't have if I was charging him for the filling. But um I really wanted to turn it around. And one of the things I have it written in my notes here that the patient said as they were leaving, he said to the team, he says, you know, I am very happy with today's visit. Thank you. And he said he couldn't believe how informative it was. He was just blown away and his wife as well. And now they have like, they're going to be working together to help, you know, get him to the specialist, get him treatment from his general doctor. And along with the treatment that we're going to provide, he is going to be well on his way to being hopefully a long-term happy dental patient, um, as opposed to one who's frustrated and thinks that dentists are just there to take your money. We've got to break down those, uh, debunk those myths. And I think it really comes down to showing how compassionate we can be. We need to be good listeners. We need to be empathetic and we need to explain ourselves well. Patients do not understand what the heck we're talking about half the time. And it really is usually because we don't take the time and we don't use photographs or interoral scanners to really show everybody involved what's going on and why it's that way. So that's it. I think that was, again, that was just a great example um, of, of using, you know, your, your best tool in your office, which is your team and your ability to communicate um, 
to your advantage. And that's a big practice builder. I'm sure he would not say anything bad about the clinic. In fact, he might even recommend us because he, you know, again, he got turned around. And that's the type of way I think we should all be thinking about practicing. And that's the type of doctor that I, um, you know, I want everyone to um, be. And I want you to experience this type of, you know, again, good vibes in the clinic, good, happy team that now won't receive a call again from that patient in that way. You've got to protect your team and you've got to make sure that you are directly talking to those patients in that way. So that's it. I hope this was informative. I would love to hear from you uh, when I post this um, about this episode in social media or you see it on Instagram. If you reshare it, then I would gladly um, do a you know, a helpful consultation and anything you'd like need help with in your office. I love, um, the only way I can really, you know, kind of spread the news about this, um, podcast is if you do share it with your friends and colleagues and you recommend me. So feel free, of course, to give me a review. And also if you, um, want to, you know, just like repost it or tag me in your, in stories or something like that, I would greatly appreciate it until next time, guys, we'll see you then.